Chakraborty, and you're listening to my podcast, Data, Tech, and the Universe. In today's podcast, uh, we are going to talk about data privacy. Now, data privacy has become a huge concern uh, in the recent uh, past. Uh, we worry about the kind of data that we share with companies such as Facebook, Twitter, and Google. And what do these big tech companies do with the data? Oh, it's only recently that most of us have realized the magnitude and the variety of data that we share with these companies and that we put online. When Facebook came along, uh, one of the biggest selling points about uh, Mark Zuckerberg's idea of social network was putting things in the public. Now, when Facebook came along, there were many other social networks that were present, MySpace being an example. But they ran the risk of being overtaken by trolls because the, the, the sharing used to be private in many ways. But Facebook's idea was that whatever you put would be public. I mean, it encourages you to put things on public. It encourages you to make your posts reach as many people as possible. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, whenever you go uh, to post something on Facebook, public is the default. Um, This whole practice of putting things out there and putting things out in public uh, seems to have integrated with our day-to-day life, how we see our online persona. So in this podcast, uh, I'm going to talk about what is it that we're really sharing with these companies and are we really losing something by sharing it? And what sort of harm we are exposed to? And is the level of paranoia that we have towards our data sharing practices justified? Take, for example, Facebook. Now, Facebook's revenue model is based on how many ad spaces it can sell. If you have ever managed a page on Facebook, you would know that the moment you start a page, it will there would be... Uh, you know, options and nudges from Facebook to make the page reach as many people as you can. In fact, if you go right now and you try to promote a page, it will ask you uh, what sort of people you want uh, your page to go to, what sort of services you sell. And it will also give you an estimate of how many people your page will reach per day. And it, it's, it will charge you about $2 per day or whatever, I mean, depending on what sort of plan you choose. And people take this uh, advertising plans because they are effective. Now, how does Facebook manage to sell so much ad, so much of ad space? Um, uh, last year, for example, Facebook made more than $40 billion on advertising. I mean, that is their core model. And same goes for Google. Now, Google is, we all see Google as a company which revolutionized uh, the way we search web, uh, the way we do email, the way we do maps. But in reality, and in, in, at the core of Google's business is its ability to sell advertisements. You know, it's the age-old practice of making your business run via advertisements. Now, how do these companies make their advertisements accurate? Now, that's where the power of data comes in. So, for example, when you post something on Facebook or when you like a certain video on Facebook, like a certain post by a certain page on Facebook, you are leaving a pattern with this company. Um, 
eventually, the longer you use this product, you become categorized as somebody who has certain inclinations uh, towards buying certain type of stuff. For example, it, for me, it could be a guy who likes uh, t-shirts with funny quotes on it. So for Facebook to know all of that, it has to collect a huge amount of data. So whenever you install your Facebook app uh, in your, on your smartphone, you do give the app a lot of access especially if you're using an Android phone. Um, if, you, if, you, if, you, if I take a step back, like take for example, if you uh, have a, a clothing uh, uh, selling app, like clothes selling app, uh, there would be options to sign up, or sign up via Google, sign up via Facebook. Now suppose you sign up via Facebook. Now Facebook would know all the purchases that you have made. Okay, so in, in future, whenever there's another company, another company, say XYZ, which sells t-shirts of a similar type, it would know that sending you those advertisements would be effective because you are known to buy some those kinds of products. So, you know, in order to label you as, as, as somebody who uh, has the prevalence of buying certain things is, is uh, more... You know, some only some sorts of advertisements would appeal to you more. If, if Facebook uses a lot of metadata from all the things that you upload, whether it's your photos, whether you know if you are messaging people, where you're messaging from, if the person you are messaging to, where he or she is. So the all of these is metadata. So whenever you're using, uh, say, Facebook Messenger to send text, these these companies, Facebook especially, is not really concerned about the content of the messages. Okay, it's, it's concerned about the metadata. How long do you talk to this person? What is the context in which you are talking? So nobody is really worried about whether, you know, you are trying to uh, have a conversation about a certain thing with this person, whether you're talking about some company secrets. That's not what Facebook worries about. It, talk, it, it worries about the context. It worries about the, the superficial level of data, which is in the tech lingo is called the metadata. Uh, an example I would give, uh, I mean, this is something that you would find very obvious once I tell it. So uh, there was this time once I visited an H&M store. I'm, I, it, was, it was years ago and it was not the first time, it was the first time, in fact, I was visiting the H&M store. That particular afternoon, after I visited the store, I started seeing advertisements on Instagram, on Facebook about... H&M, like it would, you know, just inundate me with advertisements from this particular store. How does it know that I will be, uh, you know, more susceptible to an advertisement from H&M? So because it knows from my location data that I was inside an H&M store. The other day, uh, I was talking to a friend about a, a, a trip that I'm planning to take to Kerala, which is a state in India. And... Um, Lo and behold, when I go open my Instagram, I see advertisements about tour pot packages to Kerala on, on Facebook. I see uh, make my trips uh, all paid, uh, sorry, uh, package trips to Kerala. Now, how does it do that? Of, of course, it went through my messages on WhatsApp. It labeled me as somebody uh, who is likely to take a vacation to Kerala. And that's why they are showing me advertisements. So the question, of course, is whether you should be really afraid of this or whether you should be paranoid about this or whether this level of paranoia that we have at the moment is justified. Now, in a data idyllic world, in an idyllic world, all of this is great. 
like I get to see the advertisements when I really would want to use them. Like, why not? Why 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 would I not want to see an advertisement about a trip to Kerala when I actually am planning a trip to Kerala? Why shouldn't I be inundated with advertisements from H and M? Because I just went to their store. I know their quality. I know I just probably purchased some products on an offline store. So why not try their online products? So all of this is great. The question, of course, becomes that. Uh, the question, of course, becomes of censorship. The question, of course, becomes of whether these companies are um, have any ethical standards. So the question, of course, comes at a time when we have scandals like Cambridge Analytica, when we have rampant fake news going around, when we have people uh, becoming more and more polarized in this world because we live in a highly personalized digital world in which we get to see whatever these companies facebook or google or twitter want us to see because they at the end of the day want their advertisements to sell and they would show us what we like to see so more and more we are uh, whenever we switch on our uh, sorry whenever we boot up our apps we get to see things that we already agree to that's that's all not good that's one of the reasons why we should be paranoid about it i think that is the only reason i can find that we should be worried about our about our data safety and about what these companies do with our data now of course uh, uh, there are big scandals scandals at the level of uh, say cambridge analytica uh, for those who don't know about cambridge analytica uh, i would summarize this as this the cambridge analytica was uh, a data analytics firm which pretended to be a research organization actually it bought the data from an app which was supposed to be a research it was a research app it was supposed it was allowed to collect huge amounts of data on its users and then Cambridge Analytica used this data to exploit the psychological vulnerabilities of these users millions of profiles were millions of profiles were mined and then they were shown advertisements about uh, hate speeches about uh, uh, disinformation, which these companies, which these analytical companies, built a profile that these particular users would be vulnerable to. So one of the things that happen when you put so much data online is you make these companies aware about your psychological state, about your behavior, at a level which is probably your spouses won't know as much as Facebook knows about you, as much as Google knows about you. On the upside, we also get to have services at a level which would not have been possible without all the data. Uh, take, for example, the estimated time of arrival feature on Google Maps. I think Google Maps is not just a navigation system. It's not just a map with the GPS in which you, you know, it will tell you where you can go and which left and when to take a left and right turn. That even an offline uh, system can do. But where Google Maps shine is at uh, the, the traffic data that it, that that uh, that Google can have because it tracks the location of all of our phones. Um, you know, you know exactly when you will reach for a dinner reservation, when will you reach at, at work, where will you be late to the airport, and how does Google do that? Time and again, days and days after days, this estimated time of arrival has become more and more accurate because more and more people are using Google Maps services. 
take for example uh, if you want to go to the gym at a certain time and you would want to know which would be the rush hour you would how to get to know that you can just pull up uh, your google maps you can go to your gym and it will give you an histogram of the traffic of uh, at that certain place you would know that more people are there between 7 pm and 8 pm now of course that's common sense but still you know you have hard data to support your common sense uh whether uh, suppose there are restaurants you know there are restaurants which are more crowded during weekdays than the weekends now you can you you, you would know which restaurants are more crowded and you can plan accordingly so these are the advantages that we get by sharing our data now is it worth it is this advantage what uh giving up uh, uh, giving these companies these big companies access to your uh, to your own personal data now i would argue that yes it is i mean it's a step forward if you know if i want to live uh if i want to live in a world where i have personal assistants where a digital personal assistants who know when i want something even before i know it i would be very happy about it you know i would love to have a google assistant which knows how often i make a grocery shopping trip uh, and remind me when my next grocery run is i will be delighted to see uh, the timetable of buses the moment i step into a certain bus stop uh, i would love to know what is the exact time i will reach uh, if, uh, at a restaurant where my date is waiting and to make all of that happen we have to give access of, of our data to these companies no it should be noted that no person no person is combing through your data because there's just too much data about you these are there are algorithms which identify you which label you as a certain uh, you know having a certain prevalence about some sort of advertisements you have to know that whatever data a company like google or facebook acquires it's because they want to sell you products now you can obviously turn a blind eye to them you can you know like me you can ignore all sorts of online advertisements that are shown to you of course it will require a, a very high level of vigilance whenever you are going through the web but uh, it's not impossible now the benefits of it are far greater i mean all you have to do is keep in mind that whatever you see on the web whatever you see on the web has been curated for you has been made in a way in which you will like them the things that you see on the web things that look good are not are, are made to look good so that you will buy it it's not an objective reality that you see through your digital lenses now i think if we keep this in mind if the if we keep this in mind while browsing uh, through facebook news feed while browsing through our twitter feed we would been a much better place to handle our data privacy and and uh, trust me this this just so many of us the all the data that we give to these companies it, it it's they would never look at your messages because there's just too many of the messages and 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 at the end of the day and at the end of the day these are private companies they work for profit they would never Uh, this is there is not a government now i can understand the privacy issue which comes from a government knowing a lot about you uh take for example um, recently there was this whole uh, uh, issue about aadhar card now uh, uh, aadhar card's privacy is a very different thing 
you know, giving the government of India or government of your country, giving so much data is very different from giving a private company. And why is that? Because you choose the government and government has enormous power over you. They make the policies. They, uh, you know, you, you do not want to be in a situation where the government has so much data on you that they can suppress your dissent. You know, I remember on the news channels, whenever when there was this Aadhaar debate, uh, but for those who do not know what an Aadhaar card is, it's it's basically uh, a unique number given to you uh, and to which almost everything is linked to your your bank accounts are linked to that. Your phone numbers are linked to that. You you give them your fingerprints, your written like eye scans. So it's like it's a it's a single identity. And a, a government will have a lot on you. They would know all your certain purchases because the Aadhaar card would be linked to your bank account. They would know all sorts of purchases you make. Uh, if, you know, you have to give up your Aadhaar card every time you check into a hotel, so they would know what hotels you have checked into. So it's a, it's a lot to, to have for a government to have. But when it comes to a private company, even if they have it on you, they do not make policies. You can just decide to cut off Facebook or Google. Uh, Okay, I, I understand that this statement is, is a very sweeping generalization. You cannot; it's a very diff, it will be a, it's a very difficult world to live in without Google or Facebook or Twitter. You cannot uh, go through today without encountering one of these services, one of their services. But the point I'm trying to make is giving your data to a private entity in return of their services which are designed for your convenience is a step forward. What you should do is understand the risks and educate yourself about what type of data that you give to these companies. Uh, I will give you a small exercise. What you can do is go to your WhatsApp settings right now after listening to this podcast. Now in the WhatsApp settings, in the accounts in the accounts menu there would be an option to request your account info you request your account info and it will take them three working days and they will give you uh, all sorts of data that whatsapp has collected on you okay you can see what all whatsapp know about you and they will specifically tell you that the report will not include your messages because they, they cannot read your messages. Your messages are encrypted, you know. So all I'm trying to tell you is data privacy is a problem. Nothing that we share online is private and it's not meant to be private. If you really want to uh, keep things private. You have to use services which are oriented that way. You cannot expect Facebook, which was built on the principle of connecting everybody with everybody else and sharing thoughts on a public platform. You cannot expect them to be the forebearers of front runners of privacy. I will leave you with this idea that no company, whether it's Facebook, Google or Twitter is out to get you. They only want to sell advertisements. It is your it's uh, your discretion whether you 
click on their advertisements, whether you believe all the news that is recommended to you, all the pages that are recommended to you, that's up to you. You can, you have the freedom to ignore the recommendations that are given by these companies. So that's all in today's episode on data, tech and the universe.